0: Welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's web-in-podcast. This is, of course, your weekly go-to racing podcast where we get to discuss all things horse racing for the last seven days. I'm officially on holiday, but my dedication to this number one podcast just knows no bounds. So here I am in the Scottish Highlands. I have found some good Wi-Fi. I am joined by the boys, as always, Brendan Duke, very quick check-in how are you have you been to Scotland before on holiday
1: uh, I went to the uh, Scottish National once uh for, for, just for, just for a day trip so that's that's my my only experience of Scotland
0: unrelatable to my current experience I think it's fair to say Kevin Blake how are you over there
1: yeah
2: oh good as gold no major complaints um had a few days in London and back last night so I'm ready to go again.
0: Beautiful. Good, good. It's been a relatively quiet week on the racing front and the news front. But, of course, we're gearing up to the week at York. So we've got loads to discuss. Lo- loads of content actually coming your way, courtesy of Betfair's Racing platforms. Not only have we got regular racing only better shows for York, but we also have TC's betting briefing on the Twitter Spaces platform. And, of course, he did his Saturday uh, renewal. It was the second time, wasn't it, TC? That yeah. That have we just gone. Um keep going with the feedback how's it been and did you tip any winners more importantly
3: no Ryan was leading the way he's two from <laughs> two in the naps so he's showing me up I had a bit of a car crash betting on Saturday actually I didn't watch any racing live on Saturday but uh just as well I picked I was out, out for the day but so but when I picked up all the videos and the results they uh were not as planned but fair play to Ryan he's absolutely smashing it two from two good prices as well uh, it was over four to one on Saturday so yeah so it's going to be renamed The Ryan Show at 8am. Nothing to do with me.
0: The Ryan Show at 8am. Um, good to hear it. Good to hear someone's buying in a few winners anyway. And the other person who is having plenty of winners is Daryl Carter on Racing Any Better. And one of them from last week was uh, on Saturday. Arrest one, the Jeffrey Freer and was tipped up quite strongly by Daryl. Um, we will start there, Brendan, with our racing debrief in the Jeffrey Freer. Arrest is now 9 to 1 from 16s for the long-distance cup, he's 7s from 12s for the St. Ledger, and he's been cut to 25s as well for the Arc de Triomphe. So cut for all these different options. There was no messing around in this which he won the race. Um, with a bit of cut in the ground, how good do we think he could be arrested?
1: Well, it, it, cutting the ground seems to, important, to be important to him. No, no, no surprises given his pronounced knee action. Uh, he was very impressive. I think the Tory uh, uh, only hit the horse twice. Now, it, in context, the filly in second was rated 95. So, what he achieved, I'm not sure. But he's clearly a highly, a very well-regarded horse. He did go off fav for the Derby, lest we forget, and. I, with that, all those options you outlined, I would guess the ledger would be their number one option. But they'll have to have one eye on the ground. Um, and if they get caught in the ground, I'd say he he he'd be a runner in the ledger.
0: TC, the ledger is a race you have focused in on plenty in uh, looking at it from an anti-post point of view. And I know you've had a couple of bets in it as well. Would arrest worry you in any shape or form?
3: Um. Possibly, like Brendan said, if he gets deep ground, but I think Saturday I ended up laying him actually at six to four, which is a big mistake. Um, yeah, I the Saturday showed told us nothing, didn't he? Um, I thought they might get, I thought he might get uh, taken on for the lead. He didn't Seemed like he made all. Beat a ninety five rated Philly. I think it told us very very little, but clearly he's a bit of a weapon if they do get deep ground uh, in about three weeks time. But yes, yeah, Saturday told us very little, I think he's about 11 on the exchange at the moment with no one queuing up to back him so I'd probably go along with that assessment, I wouldn't be too worried about that but clearly the back class is there on deep ground.
0: Absolutely and we've got loads of racing both not only in the UK but also Ireland and France to get stuck into and we're going to be bouncing around all the locations so we been to over to france please where we can talk about ace impact who won the group two in Doville on tuesday you flagged it up on last week's show for everyone to keep an eye out because of course al riffle was also running in that race let's first focus in on the winner he's unchanged at 72 for the arc de triomphe obviously he's favorite for that race was favorite before this and as they say an unchanged price of 72 now in this day and age, for a horse to be unchanged, I suppose they couldn't shorten him off the back of this, given his style of performance. There seemed to be a bit of a divide in opinion about who was impressed, who was not impressed, and who was a bit indifferent about this performance. We will get to Al Riffer in due course, focusing on the winner. Where did you stand? Was it good, bad, or you were indifferent about it?
2: Yeah, he did very well, I thought. Um, look, it was, it was a mess of a race. Um To be honest thought it might turn into a mess of a race and they had a pacemaker there that wasn't really an established front runner and you know was rated 105 and that and my own thought pre-race was that the pacemaker either wouldn't be able to do a good job pacemaking or that he'd be ignored and he was ignored and the body of the field controlled by a horse called Bear castle um you know went quite steady and it turned into a, a real sprint and in fairness to Ace impact, what he showed in the the pre club is that he's capable, like, of really fast splits later on. And he did it again here, and he he broke the the eleven second barrier for his penultimate furlong, um, you know, edged, edged right in front, and he won. He came from the worst position, and and he won. So I wouldn't like to be damning him a faint praise or, or downplaying it. I think he. He, you know, again underlined that he is probably one of the fastest middle distance horses we have in Europe right now. Um, so I wouldn't look future prospects. You know, will he be as good over a mile and a half? I don't know. I don't know. He, he's very quick, and you saw early on like he he was he was good and strong. You know, so I just I wonder. It'll be int- very interesting to see what they do, where they go. To um the 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 Brendan duke sponsored Irish Champion Stakes or um go you know send him down the the Ark Road um but look he's a he's a very very good horse but um if I'm perfectly honest I came away from the race a little bit frustrated um because I th- I thought Al Rifla could have nipped him on another day um the the race didn't go to plan and um, given the given the way it was taught that the race could be a bit messy tactically. Like the plan was to get Al Riffa more forward than he was. And he was just sleepy in the stalls and it, it wrecked the race for him. He just ended up back and like, he he's so big and raw. Like you can watch him down past the seven furlong pole there. And he just looks at something and backs off and loses like a length and a half for, for no reason other than greenness. And he turned and he's ended up playing Ace Impact's game. It's turned into a sprint and he's tried to match um match turns of foot with ace impact, which I don't think any horse in Europe could probably do. And like he's made some goal of it, I thought, um, for a for a big, raw horse. Like Sumian got off him and just said, yeah, big baby, big baby, like magnificent horse. Um, you know, the winners leaned in and then all through the final furlong, I just like he's run great, but I just came away going, fuck it. Like if he'd been where Bear Castle was, um which is where the hope was he would be you know, it could it could be a different result, I feel. And people would say, oh, of course, you know, can't think that you'd say that. But um, I, I do believe that. Um, and I, I wouldn't be at all afraid to to see him take on the winner again, um, a little bit further down the line, which might well happen. So um he got he got a little bit lost in the in the, like you say, the split opinion over Ace Impact's performance. But I thought the second just ran ran massive from a position that didn't play to his strengths at all.
0: But can I just ask, so if they were to reoppose, would it ideally be over the same trip? And if so, is he not always going to be outsprinted by a Impact? like the way you went past him? Like he stood, like Al Riffle stood still, and then Al Riffle just sort of like battled on once he was closing stages to my eye, anyway. So, are you thinking Al Riffle could get the best of him over further, or similar, or the same trip?
2: And either are. End to end Gallup over 10. I think Gal would definitely stay 12, which I, I did never thought he would, but like he's very like he, he's very he's overly relaxed, probably. Like he was quite behind the bridle again in his two starts over 10 furlongs, like he's been quite behind the bridle. Um so and he's bred to stay a mile and a half. So I think he will get it. Um, but like just just how raw he was, like I was quite taken aback by like turning into the straight, like a big babyish leg change. And like i, I ace impact's only kind of got. You know he's out quickened them by maybe two lengths, and Al Rifa's ultimately gone down by three parts. You know, having been leaned on in the final furlong and had to come through. You know, it re- got really tight there late on. So yeah, yeah like I say, I, w- I wouldn't be at all afraid to take him on again. Um, I think that this heart, like Sumian, like was beaming afterwards. He's like, okay. this is a this is a proper horse. He's just a big baby. He just has to learn. He's learning on the job. Um, and today, and that day was really a really tough ask for him to um yeah. to, to, to to take on ace impact in a real sprint for home. So yeah, looking forward to seeing it again.
0: All right. Um, Brendan, let's focus back on the winner though, or well, whichever angle you want to tackle the race in, but surely you just want to come at it from there, let's match in an Irish champion stakes.
1: Yeah, well, I, I I mean, Rouget didn't rule it out afterwards. It sounds like it, it, it's a 50-50 shot. We know uh, his affinity with with, with with the race with Almanzor and Sotsas. So Sotsas, indeed, he knows he can get beaten in it and still win an arc. And I suppose it depends... How I I I feel like all roads lead to the Arc, uh, whatever about my Irish Champion Stakes obsession, Jean Claude would be thinking ab- ab- about the Arc, and it's whether this was an ideal race. In fairness to Kevin, he, he flagged it up exactly what was going to happen beforehand. A typical French race turns into a burn up up the straight. He was in the worst position in, in, in the whole field, and he was still able to take care of business. That uh, he's 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 a, he's a serious weapon. So that's ideal in terms of he's off a 10 week break, which he needed because he'd been busy earlier in the season. Now, do you want to go into the arc off the back of that run or do you want to go and maybe give him a a harder race in an Irish champion stakes? I mean, I would be inclined to run him in, in the Irish champion stakes if, I mean, if if only uh, for, for experience uh, go, going into the arc, but the, whether, whether Jean-Claude wants to do that. Just a, a quick point on the pacemakers. There seems to be like, because... Obviously, every time I come on here, I'm auditioning to be a racing manager, which is my true calling. There seems to be a real issue around pacemakers. It's the same with Bucanero Fuerte. And there's no point connections in putting in a pacemaker unless, now I know everyone doesn't have access to Group 2 horses who you could just uh, use as a pacemaker like Aidan hey, no, O'Brien. But if you're going to buy one, they bought this horse as a pacemaker for Ace Impact, and he's basically a handicapper. And no one's going to pay any attention to, to him. The only way it works is if you're afraid that, oh, if we gave this mm-hmm. horse a solo, it could actually win the race, which, is, which isn't going to happen here. So whether he's, he's ever going to get the setup again that he got in the pre Jockey Club, where he can show that surge for uh, three furlongs off uh, ferocious uh, early pace, I don't know but he he, he clearly is a horse of of serious ability. And if if a race turns into a sprint, he can cope with that too. And he's worthy fab for the arc.
0: Okay. Worthy fab for the arc, but TC, his price of seven to two at this stage, how do you feel about that price being unchanged after this performance?
3: Don't have any issue with it, really. I, I think the two guys have exhausted any avenues there. Um, just a typical kind of like French prep off a break, isn't it? The French derby form has worked out pretty well in the main. With the likes of Feed the Flame coming out and a couple of other good performances. But yeah, um I think they'll I think the other lads have got that covered.
0: On we go then. On we go. Let's talk about some two year olds and Henry Longfellow as the one that you can get first go at, who's now six to four from seven to two for the Dewhurst and Cup from from nine to one to five to one for the 2000 guineas this is off the back of winning the futurity at a very short price is now two from two we know plenty about him beautifully bred usual swanky connections etc cetera, etc cetera. and this was a pretty straightforward simple short price step in the right direction
3: yeah when i was looking at the looking at the results and the uh the racing on on saturday uh sunday morning i just thought there must have been a non-runner here because two to nine i mean it was like That was obviously smashed off the boards. I didn't watch the racing live, so yeah. Um, When I had a look at the race, thought he was pretty professional. Needed waking up a couple of times. Um, If I was looking at that race, kind of like dispassionately without the without the without the kind of like betting, I thought the second ran a screamer on his first run since winning the Curra in June. Um, You know, obviously the winner won pretty impressively and quite dominantly. But yeah, given that the uh, that was his first run for a while. I thought uh, Islands in the Stream was. Uh, I thought that was a very promising run. So yeah, um, arguably more taken by the second, given that the prominence the winner's going to get.
0: All right, okay, fair comment. But Brendan, um, can you start this off giving us a Henry Longfellow quote? Do you have one to hand?
1: No, I don't. Uh, Henry Longfellow. Was that the song of Hiawatha? Is that, is that one of his poems? Um, Is I, that I, right? I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not sure. I don't know any any lines from it. Anyway, apologies. I've let you down there.
0: I'll give you one. I'll give you one of his quotes. Okay. We judge we judge ourselves by what we feel capable of doing, while others judge us by what we have already done.
3: That's that's uh, the yeah. BHA mantra. I think
1: you're fine. Yes, profound prof- prof- stuff from TC. Uh, yeah, yeah, did and from Henry Longfellow. It must be said. But
2: yeah, here's absolutely. one for you, Vanessa. The talent of success is nothing more than doing what you can do well and doing whatever you do without thought of fame.
0: Yes, yeah. Well, there <laughs> we have it. But We're all thinking of fame all the time on this podcast, yeah, so we're not living by those rules. Kevin Blake, uh, Henry, Henry
2: wouldn't last in the Instagram era, would he? No, <laughs> no.
0: Bless him. Nice to look back on it, but wouldn't survive now. Um, uh, Brendan, were you, were you at the Curragh this weekend?
1: Yes, I was there on Saturday and indeed it could have been my last day on an Irish race course, Vanessa. Oh absolute scene, so I brought the Panama, I mean, why? It's like Tornado Alley Bear, I don't know, but I decided to bring it almost uh, to, spite, to spite the curve, and I made it to the last race hanging around the parade ring, the last race a five furlong sprint, when the Panama hat was blown off my head into the parade ring in, in a field of five furlong sprinters, I might as well have launched a hand grenade in there, if it weren't for the quick thinking of Mr. Chris Hayes, who retrieved it and handed it back to me good egg that he is, could have been absolute carnage, and I could have been persona non grata from Irish race forces. Can you imagine such
3: a thing? Good. You, you'd, wow. have have got, you'd have had to have got a job if you were banned from Irish yes. race forces. That's,
1: right. <laughs> That's right. That would
3: be a great disaster.
0: Bloody hell, that was a bit of drama, wasn't it? Yeah, Jeez, okay. Well, do you have anything to add about the Futurity state?
1: Oh, the future, you say, well, well, Henry Longfellow isn't the most taking physical specimen, but he's a Dubawi. What are you, what, are you, what are you going to do? He's, he's, he's small, but he's, he's very well made horse. T- typical Dubawi. I suppose he was just a little bit on his toes in the parade ring. And again, a little bit keen during, during the race. Clearly he has a very big engine. Like Tony, I really rate that Islands in the Stream. And while Islands in the Stream is a bit green ducking in, in, in behind, um, I, I think Henry was was much the best and clearly I put the listeners away with my prediction of where Aidan was going to send his two-year-olds last week. I was miles off. It looks like Henry's destined for the Jewhorse now, where again he he he'll be a worthy fan. My very slight concern is you could argue he, he hasn't probably learned a lot in his two runs he's never had any cover in in, in either race he was, uh, he was he was up at the pace on debut didn't get any cover again here spanish flame took it out but it wasn't like henry was in behind him or anything and he was just a touch keen in this race that's my slight concern but i'm going forward that he maybe hasn't learned enough in in, in his two races stepping into a, a contest like the dewhurst in sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the half-time break. Time for a breather, a reset, to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits. To help you keep count, manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus be gamblerware.org.
0: OK, and do you want to give the debutante stakes winner a bit of a mention here as well whilst we're at the cover on Saturday? <laughs> Best y- y- Tilio
1: best shout out to, to, to Willie McCreary he's a uh, he's some man to find a stakes horse isn't he he just I, I mean I, I don't actually know uh what sort of numbers he has but I guess I was talking to a fellow on the way home from the car about this week. guessed he'd have about 50 horses now he has some big owners I'll grant you that but he does he always seems to find a stakes horse or, or, or two every season so fair play to him she was very impressive quickened up really well there's some hard luck stories in behind but the, the, undoubtedly the best filly one on the day paid a compliment to lang lang who she was second to in leopard sound uh on the previous occasion but um she shaped better in, in that race than the bare result Vespertilio because lang lang was allowed to dictate very tepid fractions so it would just be interesting the two of those will probably get, get it on in the moy glare and it, it could be closer next time around
2: yeah and um if you're not familiar with the colors um you, you should probably get familiar with them because this 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 farm have been um spending quite a few quid the last few years um particularly on fillies, and they're starting to get some um some very big results. They did a big weekend that this filly win the debutante and the Jana Rose win over in France as well, which we might touch on, um, as well as the winning debutante um at the Cura on Sunday, um Atlantic Coast. And um, yeah, they just all a big, big, beautiful pedigrees now and they're You'll be seeing quite a lot more of them, I suspect, in the years ahead.
0: Interesting, playing a good bit of cash into the game. Um, Shall we go across to France then, Kev? And we can talk. Group one weekend in Deuville, their big sales weekend combined with their big racing weekend. And we have the pre morning for the two year olds and the pre Jean Romane. And we will start with the pre Jean Romane with Marquise de Sevigné, is it? Sevigné winning only just in that close finish with Via Sistina, Both of them came from a very similar position, um, just a matter of fractions. Did you in any way think that the favourite, who was Via Sistina, finishing in second was in any way unlucky, Kev? Was there anything that could have been done differently?
2: Um, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Like, I don't think there's loads between these, these fillies in this division like I think if you kept running all these against each other in different circumstances, you'd get different results. Um, like the the race went the way I thought of the front two here didn't go the way of above the curve, you know, rewind a couple of weeks, it went above the curves way and she nearly won the Nassau. Like, I don't think there's, there's loads between them. I think it comes down to run of the race on the day. Um, and the winner, like it was, it was, it was a prayerful ride. Um, from this French jockey, who's based with, with Andrea Fab, and he, he's starting to come to prominence now. Um, Alexis Ponchin, if I'm pronouncing yeah. it correctly. Um, he he's catching my eye more and more now. Um, and is one, if you're if you're not already perhaps you already are, but if you're not familiar with him, I'd say familiarize yourself fairly quickly. Um and look via Sestina, I know she looked absolutely brilliant. Um I call, you know, especially you know beating Al hussain in the in the Dahlia on bad enough ground. But I, I like, and she was very good at the Kara. But I like that, that those two days she looked like she could be kind of a real standout amongst them. You know, subsequent evidence suggests that maybe she maybe she isn't. Um, you know, so I, I think I, I don't think there's a standout amongst them. I think that there's a bunch of uh, very nice fillies there. And it comes down to on the day with them. And um, this day, wasn't quite via Cestina's day.
0: Fair enough. Do you agree with that statement, Tony? Do you think they're much of a muchness, this group of fillies? Yeah, there's not much of a muchness,
2: but there's just not much between them, if you
3: know what I mean, you know? Um.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah disappointed
3: mean. after, for via Sestina, after what she did at Newmarket and what she did in the Pretty Polly. Uh, don't buy into the fact that Spencer went too early. I mean, the Philly was in front miles out of Newmarket and hit the front pretty you know, uh, pretty soon at uh, in Ireland as well um, yeah, I was a bit, little, bit disappointed with the runner-up, but the you know, the second seems to be very well regarded, progressive one over a mile previously so it's quite versatile yeah, well, it's you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just, my overwhelming feeling is, I thought Via Fastina early in the season was a very very, very good filly and uh, perhaps she just bottomed out a little bit
0: he wanted her to be better, basically. Yeah. Um, what about the two-year-olds in the pre morney Brendan? Um, Van Diek, obviously winning it, is now 7-2 from 11-2 to two for the Middle Park. And he's been... Newhurst as well. He's 6-1 from 12s. And the 2000 guineas, he's 16s from 33s. He's now 3 from 3. It was a fascinating pre-morning, I thought. And there was loads of nice mm-hmm. horses in there. He comes out on top. Um, and... He's really progressing with this was a more professional performance from him than I I thought than what we saw of him at Goodwood.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, he was very good in Goodwood too, but he he did look around when he got to the front. There's no doubt about this, but this was a real test for me. He tanked through the race, but he got into a position where there was a bit of argy bargy and he was knocked about, but not a bother on him. He rode those uh, waves of interference and uh, came with a sustained run to run down a very talented filly who he obviously had to give the sex allowance. To, I, thought, I thought it was a huge effort uh, in, in, in a proper race. I know they were talking beforehand that River Tiber might have been at his best, but I, w- I would say he's run pretty close to form um but based on the this the, the second uh, whose whose name I've forgotten about. apologies but she's she's looked a complete weapon in France. Um yeah. as as for these uh Jewhurst aspirations I don't know I think you'll definitely go for the middle park. I mean he was strong at the line in the morning there's there's no doubt about that. Um but you look at his pedigree and it's all speed. I mean, the dam was fairly mm. useless now, granted. But I mean, uh, she she was useless at sprint trips uh, by Havana Gold as well. I'd say they'll just look at the middle park, rough them off for the winter and build them up for the Commonwealth Cup next year because uh, the, the, that programme sort of writes itself going via the race in Haydock, which, again, my memory is just appalling. But, you know, the, the, the group two race, that's the Commonwealth Cup uh, trial. trial. And just very briefly, back to the filly who, who won the Romane, I just saw on the running order that she's 6-1 to one for the Sun Chariot, but anti-post bettors, if they're still listening to my guff after last week, should be wary that she will likely have a night at the lapa on uh, Arc Weekend, <laughs> and the Sun Chariot comes a week later, so there's a fair chance that she won't run in the Sun Chariot, although she ha- she holds an entry.
0: Nice, beautiful intel, we appreciate that. Um, Back to the pre-morning kev and In terms of Van Dijk, he's he's been a great success story, really, his whole career thus far, because, of course, he was a wonderful result for his Breeze Up consigners who bought him at the sales as a yearling. He breezed beautifully and cost, what was it, it was over half a million, wasn't it, at the Breeze Up sales. And now he's been a great advertisement for not only them, but a Group 1 winner for the Breeze Up guys, very important. He's just an all-around success story, this horse. But is he an out-and-out two-year-old? Do you expect him to progress on? Is there something back end of the season that's going to develop past him?
2: And um, no, I think I think there's a good chance he'll drive on. Um, like you say, massive result for um Glending Stables, which is Roger Cavanaugh and um Cormac O'Flynn there, like they had some huge results on the breeze up circuit this year, like really, really came to prominence. And um when that happens, like you, you need the horses to drive on and 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 do it. And um, and this fella definitely has um three from three, like fantastic race. Um like the winner, like from a sectional time point of view, I, sorry, the runner-up, I think has maybe gone on a, a, a shade early, just a shade, um, and, and the winner's come and run her down. Like she's run massive as well. Um, I, I wouldn't be downplaying her. She got beat, but she lost nothing in defeat, really. Um, And Van Diek, look, look, I think he will drive on. Um, I wouldn't, uh, I, I would have seen him at the yearland sales, etc., um, I, like like he would, I know he's by Havana Gray, like he, he was really impressed with his two-year-olds, but he wouldn't have struck you as an out now two-year-old. Um, so uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he keeps driving on. Um, and yeah, just just a lovely horse going forward, huge result for everyone, like you say, Havana Gray as well. You know, from his second crop, like he he was a bit of a sensation last season, and it looks like it's going to keep driving on. So that, that's a um, huge for Whitsbury Manor um and for his future prospects. Um, You'd also mention River Tiber back in third, who, you know, to me, very much jumped up and down. I said, yeah, I'm ready for seven furlongs now. Um, So where they go with him will be interesting because, as Brendan mentioned earlier, like the Doyle team just have a whole heap of really nice two-year-olds, and they're going to have to move them around the the chessboard a little bit um to avoid them clashing if they if they can they might have to clash a few of them um but i wouldn't be too despondent about him um he lost his unbeaten record but again just seven furlongs is going to be what he wants now and um yeah look it had the look of a real tip top morning beforehand and it um for me anyway it very much delivered
0: um TC, just a side note, away from the horses, obviously Andrea Ratzeni is going off to Hong Kong. We're on a bit of a high. He's um, mm. had notable big race successes in the last month or so. This a Group 1. And I'm not exactly sure when he actually leaves, but I did wonder if, like, do you think he's regretting his time, the timing of his decision a little bit? It seems like he's just leaving when things have really sort of slightly kick-started again. Or maybe that's why they have kick-started again. I uh, don't not know. really. Um,
3: you, you know, the money they can earn out in Hong Kong... I think he'll he'll take one for the team with Van Dijk. I I think more should have been made about the ride on River Tiber. Um, I just think they just like, I don't know what they were thinking there. Um, I know he had maybe the interrupted prep going into the race had more of a bearing on the performance than some people are making out, but I thought, I thought it was a hugely encouraging run by the third in the circumstances, um, given that they've got maybe got you know bigger bullets to fire in the other races. But I think they'd have come away absolutely delighted with River
0: Tiber. Oh, okay, there we go. All right, well, I think that about wraps up uh, the racing from the week. As I said, a relatively quiet week ahead of York. Uh, so Can I just week-
3: mention Knight Sparkle? Uh, I know he's on the running order and we've just been to yeah. few- we're, we're raffling on a bit, but um, I had a look at Night Sparkle and I was quite impressed by her at Newmarket, And obviously she's, I think she's quoted for the average, but I did spot, she won on Saturday off a mark of 93, quite impressively. I, I went on the Irish site as well, HRR site, look at her current uh, national hunt ratings. I, I thought it must've been a mistake. She's, she's probably going to be edging towards a hundred on the flat. She's currently got a mark of 110 over hurdles um having one that punches down on a form that's not worked out that uh, badly on a a previous day over hurdles so they'll have some fun with that over hurdles that's for sure
1: yeah very shrewd man very shrewd man connected with that with her as well he'd be able to take advantage of it
0: shrewd man indeed okay uh let's um let's move on to topics few little news stories just to pick up and discuss from the last seven days or so we will kick off tc Mm. With the Kempton, the reversal at Kempton a few days back, um, the stewards, obviously there was a stewards inquiry after a race at Kempton where Intergalactica for James Fanshaw uh, finished first past the post, did drift across, open champion in the closing stages of a one mile, three furlong handicap, obviously on the all weather. And it went into the stewards re- expect there was a stewards inquiry that bit wasn't any bit of a surprise but the fact that the placings were reversed Hmm. came as a bit of a surprise to punters and connections of both horses it would seem um explain why there was quite such uproar with this reversal of the placings we see it we know it does happen yeah why did this cause quite such? i I didn't
3: see it live and someone told me that at one stage the betting was one to two to keep the race So clearly the head on showed a lot more than the the side on view which was basically nothing uh but even having looked at the head on i mean the horse won comfortably enough by three quarters of length uh i could not believe the horse got chucked and um taylor actually actually tipped the winner who got thrown Uh, he said he watched the race turned off immediately didn't even think there'd be a steward's inquiry and if we are chucking out horses for that kind of interference, um, one will have a lot of disqualifications, and and two, you know, the old inconsistency, you know, uh, is going to be chucked at the BHA stewards do again. I mean, that's obviously they're going to appeal. Um, obviously, there are politics and sensibilities involved, but any anybody looking at the head-on would say that's about one hundred one to to get the race on appeal. Um, Yeah. And it just goes to the inconsistency of the stewards. I think they should have come out and actually explained themselves a bit more than they did in the stewards report because um, I know it's a lowly race at Kempton on a Wednesday night, but it was a well-backed favourite probably because uh, um, you had a lot to do with that as well. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it it was just, to me, it was just an amazing decision, but you know, um, that's the way it is. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was incredibly surprising, and it's a kind of decision that I think the BHA should get on the front foot about. And bizarrely, uh, Kempton Racecourse deleted the the replay of that race that they put out, and I think Racing DV didn't even put out the race either um, on their reruns uh, on Twitter. So I don't know if there was a directive saying, you know, let's try and, let's try and bury this before we have the. Uh, have the kind of like uh, the appeal but just absolutely bizarre. well i hope not because i
1: think it's a i i think it's a decision they can be proud of i would have thrown it out uh now i tony said uh, research is better than than mine because i couldn't find the head on i could only find the side on but it looks obvious to me from the side on that the race has turned into a complete sp- sprint they they dawdled And the second has had his line taken. He's been taken all the way over to the rail. The jockey has had to take back for a couple. Full of strides because he knows that the, the raid is going to be taken away from him and then he's a very fast finishing three quarters of a length loser. I think on the balance of probabilities that the best horse finished second and I think that I hope that if the stewards had come out and said we used a bit of nuance here and it turned into a complete sprint and to have any sort of momentum taken away like that, how can I say what uh, how much ground would would have cost a horse? And that we're going to give the benefit of the doubt to the second. I applaud the decision.
3: Double results would be a thing well, of the past for punters if that gets put in in every single race. Well,
1: uh, I, 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 I'm sorry that they. That they I, I would like to have heard from the stewards and if they if they mentioned how slow that race was run and how significant the interference was in that context. Uh, I, 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 where did you find the head on? By the way,
3: uh, you go. I was a lot, I didn't know about this, but apparently there's. Uh, if you go to the jockey club site. Uh, There's a head-on available for every single race, which I I wasn't aware of.
0: Good intel there. Um, But Kev, obviously we have a difference of opinion there, a massive difference of opinion between TC and Brendan in terms of the Stewart's decision. But I guess the crux of the issue is that it's the consistency angle or the inconsistency as TC pushes for. It's it's the fact that they've thrown this horse out, but we see very similar up and down the country at different tracks and horses aren't thrown out. So we can read the decision. Obviously, Brendan's made the case why he thought it was the right decision. But I suppose I think the uproar is more around the lack of consistency because we couldn't, we don't expect that level of stewarding the next day.
2: Um yeah, sure. Look, it's the same old story, isn't it? Um you can make the case either way, as the lads have there. Um I failed to find the head-on, so I, I didn't come into this with, with a strong view either way. Um I wanted to see the head-on. Haven't seen the side on, but uh, I'll know where to find it now. Thank you, TC. Um, and look, consistency is the issue. It, it is always is. Um, and when you have, um, ever changing panels of stewards, you will, you will never achieve consistency. We say this again and again. Um, you can give yourself a good chance of achieving consistency with a much smaller centralized panel of professional stewards. They have taken steps towards a higher proportion of professionals in British stewards inquiries in recent years, but, um, we still have the same old issues popping up. And I suppose the, The never-ending question is, is um such a form of regulation appropriate when there are literally millions and millions of pounds at stake in even the lowliest of races um, through um betting, obviously. And when you get up to the bigger stages um through breeding and value valuations, etc., is so is such a is such an inconsistent means of regulation appropriate? I would always say absolutely not. But um, I think we'll get there, and as I do think we will get there, there will be a day in the future where we will all hurl the introduction of a panel of uh, centralized stewards. We will get there. I think
0: um, it will like Matt, too.
2: like 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 Matt. Oh, I'd, I'd say it's inevitable. Uh, and there's a whole load of things over the years in racing that that I would have been happy to say, look, this will come in um, eventually. You know, but you just meet so much resistance and progress is so slow in this great game that it just takes so long for um well, what money, money. The...
0: centralized stewarding, I think um, it's more about money uh, well, well, than
2: anything. Yeah, else. will it is it is it be super money. expensive? Would mean, it be super expensive? I don't know. Money, sure. Um but even though so, you see, you see the money that's spent around this game on different things, you see how big the stakes are. Um, you know, if if the if the will was there from the right people, this this could happen in in I, I dare say a matter of weeks. Um, if the will was there. And I think the will is there in certain quarters, but we just know um, you know, debt by committee and all that. Um it, it will happen. I, I I bet a very short price that it will happen in my lifetime, <laughs> but hopefully I'm gonna live for quite a while yet. But I, I think I think it will happen. Um, but you just have to trudge through such um, expansive fields of of muck and, and squall to, to get in, to get to get to the right decision. Sometimes in this game, that I wouldn't be holding my breath at the same time.
0: Well, listeners, Kevin's fifty two, and so let's say he lives for these. Excuse 82. me. We've got no thirty years. <laughs> 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 oh, you're very youthful looking, Kev. Everyone says that. Um, oh yeah, to do. are talking? <laughs> <laughs> Whilst we're talking about the BHA, Tony, always sort of in and around that subject, uh, can we talk about the funding of these Premier meetings that are coming our way? 160 Premier meetings, the fixtures list obviously changing and this structure's been put in place, this strategy's been put in place to try and improve the structure and the funding of the sport. Um, obviously, it's always, all change is always going to upset somebody and in this situation... It seems as though they're going to fund these premier fixtures by taking prize money from the lower levels to prop up the higher end. We've talked about this on the podcast before, TC, but there's been more backlash, more smaller tracks coming out against these premier meetings. Um, but surely it's the breaking eggshells to make an omelette, like somebody was always going to suffer. So the money has to come from somewhere. And this is the strategy. This is the plan they've put in place. We've got to all get behind it now, haven't we? Yeah.
3: Um- I think we the devil will be in the detail, don't we? We we seem to be getting a drip, drip, what's going to happen. And I haven't found any definitive kind of like stories about what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, how it's going to be funded. Now, if they are seriously going to take money away from the bottom end of the sport, then that's going to have a massive knock-on effect with integrity, um, you know, as it is. You know, if, if horses running for very low levels of money, that's when you're gonna get skull gut, skull doggery, where you can actually get, you know, you can make more money out of, you know, not winning than winning. That's never, never a good look. I don't think at the top end, I don't think the odd 25 and 50 grand is, is gonna make that much of a difference. Uh, when you've got horses being sold for untold money to Australia, Hong Kong, etc. So I'll reserve judgment until I see exactly what's going to happen. Who's going to be the winners and losers? How many runners are we going to get in these big premieris premierization races? We've seen, you know, the racing league chuck really good money um, at, um, at at their things on Thursday night 25, 50 grand, hundred grand, and you know they're not filling. So are we going to get a situation where we're going to get a premierization fixtures from two to four o'clock on a Saturday, and they're not going to be big, hefty fields because they haven't got the horses to actually kind of like fulfill fill them. So again, um, I don't know what the BHA are doing here. I'll, I'll It's what it's one kind of things. Um, I mean, there was, I, I don't, I'll ask you this. I mean, we didn't talk about it beforehand. Did either of any of you get an invite to the BHA? Um, they did have, have a question and answer session with Greg Swift and Julie Harrington last Wednesday. Did any of you get an invite to that? Yeah, I did. Right, I did not. Well, I didn't either. So I, I wanted to because I've heard about this on Wednesday, and I just thought, well, why are the BHA not inviting everybody? Because I'm, I'm assuming it was a Zoom call, and obviously, Kev gets it, and obviously he's Irish based. I didn't, and so I asked the HWPA. I said, well, why didn't, why wasn't I aware of this? And apparently, an email went around for the BHA on the Friday before. Uh, The email, a a reminder went round to everybody on a Tuesday. Um, what's the point in having an open question and answer session with, with journalists when you only invite a selected uh, member of you know you, who are you are dictating who are, can actually go and ask some questions? So um, I did ask the question. The HWPA seems like they didn't know who exactly was invited and why. Um, but it's kind of it's a kind of it's a kind of subject priorization where you'd have hoped people would have asked detailed questions, and uh, the opportunity would be good if all journalists. Uh, on that HWA, uh, HWPa listing, were actually given the opportunity.
0: Kevin, did you did you tune into the meeting? No, Kevin. Kevin. Oh, Kevin.
2: No, I was on a flight when it um, when it was taking place.
1: Unfortunately.
0: Right. Um back to the topic of the funding of these premier meetings. I mean, as as TC said, I, I don't know if it's is it confirmed and definite that they're taking from the lower levels to fund better prize money at these premier fixtures is that is that being confirmed no no
2: i think no i think they are sorting it out i think it's 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 tbc and they're going to try and find the money elsewhere i think Uh, and and look you can you you can pick and poke at this a bit but look i think the i think we'd all agree i suspect that 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 the slots that they're focusing in on on saturdays you know are often too congested um the counter i suppose is that itv racing do a lot of decongesting for you in that they pick out whatever it is the you know the six to ten um best races in that period and show them in you know what i would say can sometimes still feel a little bit congested and they show it they show it in that manner um look will this will this be a thing that saves british racing i i don't think so but i'm not I, i wouldn't be opposed to to the concept um, look, the financing is going to be key. Um, but look, like, I think that like ultimately, what they're trying to do is stem the exit of good horses out of the jurisdiction, and I don't think this is going to stop that. Um, like we've seen, we talked about it, mentioned it on a few occasions here in recent weeks. Like we have a scenario in. In British and Irish racing, now that like the the really prominent, um, really prominent, wealthy, successful sets of connections are selling horses to Australia and Hong Kong, you know, they're doing it.
0: I, yeah, I mean, look, I we can all see your points, and it's but the fact that change is on the horizon and they're trying to do something with this premierization of the meeting strategy 160 fixtures. I'm just keen to stay open-minded towards it and relatively positive around it because I just think that whatever was done, however it was done, there's always going to be a backlash to these sort of things. And at least the BHA are trying to do something. There is a strategy in place yeah and and, it's all all tbc specifically with the funding So i think you know as kevin's just said there they're obviously looking at ways to fund this and so it might not be a case of taking from the lower level to prop up the higher end
2: yeah no no i'd be with you totally vanessa because you you have to to, they they deserve support because they're trying in the face of a really tough task and they're in the face of a huge amount of like like politically, like this would be nightmarish for the BHA because as we know, the course, racetracks yeah. hold hold a huge amount of power in the UK. And essentially tackling them head on and, and 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 upsetting like a huge amount of them, like it is is a real challenge for them. And look, it's a really interesting clash of 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 power bases within the sport, you know, and if this change of structure that we had recently with the BHA to uh, with the aim of giving them more power and influence actually make meaningful decisions. Like, this is the real flashpoint for that, to see if this is going to work or not. Um, so, like, bigger picture stuff. Um, there's, there's loads of it in this. So, look, watching it with interest, they're pushing forward. And let's hope they sort out the financing of it in a, in a sustainable way. And, look, um, sure on we go.
0: Absolutely. Okay, on we go indeed, because we are actually running out of time on this podcast. But, TC, I wanted to... Um, we have to pick a topic. We're picking World Pool to end with, and the place terms that um, you seem to be surprised by—is is that right?
3: It's uh, the obviously terms.
0: What's happened here?
3: I asked for questions for our eight a.m. betting briefing for last Saturday. Um, yeah, I should mention we're we're doing all the eight a.m. betting briefings for every day throughout the ebor. So tune in. Um, yeah, I, we had a question saying from a guy saying, "Well, I, I think you should highlight this because I had a bet at Royal Ascot." And he backed the fourth in one of the big field um, handicaps and he went to get paid out. And they said, sorry, no, only, we're only paying three places on this race. And you just think, well, actually it was like an 18, 19 runner race. You so said, what are you talking about? He said, no, because it's the world pool, we only pay three places. You have to have 21 or more runners to get four places on, on the, on the world pool, which was news to me. Um, so I, someone, I answered the question and then someone posted up the actual kind of like link uh, to actually kind of their rules. Uh, and it's true. It's going kind to, of, there has to be 20 more runner run, uh, 20 more, 21 or more runners for four places to be paid by the same token. Um, they pay free places on seven runner races. But how many people on course used to get, you know, only used to be getting two places on seven runner races? How many people would have actually go out and collected? So how many dead tickets are yeah. out? Um, yeah. uh, it's, I think there's, you know, obviously it's pushed a lot, presumably paid um, uh, on on TV channels. Uh, obviously they sponsor heavily. They do a lot of me- they pay for a lot of media to actually work for them and write columns. I also think you know it's incumbent on them to actually make it clear uh, just ha- what the different place terms because obviously there's differing place. Well, the whirlpool don't operate the play spot, so you could be getting different place terms in races as opposed to on the play spot, it's all very confusing and it needs to be just one caption at the start of racing on ITV or racing TV or whoever's covering the meeting. This is what you can expect. This is what you should be doing. Um, Yeah, it just needs to be editorial clarity, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, a bit of like say clarity, clarity, a bit of better, I suppose it's advertising as much as anything, just advertising exactly what you're getting when you have your bet that needs to be at the forefront i would imagine um guys that about wraps up the show because we have run out of time now we have as tc has said we have regular 8 a.m briefings courtesy of tc on the twitter spaces platform all this week uh ahead of york and then we're also doing regular racing only better shows as well so you've got loads of content coming your way on the betfair platforms look forward to york i'll be watching up here in bonnie wee scotland got a terrible scottish accent which i've tried to put on a few times and offended people here on this island so i've had to rein that in on day 2 of the holiday but other than that things are going really well for me i swam in the sea every morning so far it's been great Ooh, very cold but great chilly, chilly. Did, you have a chilly wee, yeah. did you
1: have a wee did you have a wee dram after
0: no no what is that it's
2: a what is whiskey that?
0: whiskey. <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not a whiskey drinker actually, but I have no. been drinking quite a lot she was, for what it's worth on. She was obviously bladdered
3: she was obviously bladded before before she went in the sea. That's uh Yeah. <laughs>
0: the only reason you get in the sea up there. Oh, yeah. uh, anyway enough of that waffle um listeners viewers boys thank you very much as always enjoy the week that is your tune in for all our content coming your way we'll be back very shortly with racing only better but for now everyone have a very good week